What's going on, guys? It's Gene Jensen, and it is time for another Friday Night Live. All right, let's get things rocking and rolling. I just uh, spent several hours today on the lake doing a little perch jerking, catching some bluegill. It was a lot of fun. I drowned about, oh, 100 crickets or so. Wasn't too bad, but uh, like always, welcome everybody. And if you're listening to this on my podcast, welcome. Uh, my podcast is available on just about everything, but I think iTunes is the only one that's not available on. So if you guys are traveling or doing whatever, you can always catch this later on podcast. I don't know how much, how good it is without seeing my sexy face, you know, with a little bit of hot sauce on it from eating some chicken wings. But uh it is what it is. What's going on, Matt Stark? Oh, man. Rome Branson, how you doing? Tim Beers, what's going on, my brother? How are you? Uh, man, I need to find out. when when. Uh, do me a favor, Tim. When they open up Felsmere's boat ramp or when you hear word of the date, let me know. I'd like to plan a trip down there if I can get down there. But, uh, but I don't know. It all depends on when it is, I guess. So welcome, everybody. Scary from... Minnesota. Oh, goodness. Uh, Sean Smith, what's going on? Somebody from Indiana. Oh, man. Andy, welcome. He, he says he went fishing today. That's awesome. That, and yep, I did too. I took my uh, my accountant fishing. Matter of fact, I fed him dinner too. That's why I've got hot sauce right here. Um, but uh, and but they're heading back home. But uh, you, you got to take care of your accountant. That is for sure. So, Parker, what's going on? Let me see if I can say Parker's last name. Ule? Parker Ule, I think. I think it's how you pronounce it. That's a pretty cool-looking name, though. Gavin, how you doing? What's going on, everybody? Nathan, that's okay. So, let me pop a little banner up down here at the bottom for you. Actually, I'm going to do this one first. So, we're trying to sell as much stuff on my website as we can. I got to get rid of some stock so we can try some new stuff. So you guys go look at the t-shirts. They're really good. The, the performance short sleeve shirts are really nice. Um, the hoodies are, are, we've got some left. I know we sold a bunch of them. I know they suck right now, but man, there's some awesome hoodies. But uh, anyway, and just check out, check out what's on there. The tumblers are pretty good. Not the tumblers, the, uh, the water bottles. I don't know why I called them a tumbler. But uh, anyway, you guys, I really do appreciate your uh, your your comments, and I appreciate all of your your support that you give the channel and so on. Uh, it's been a crazy week, but uh, my arm's starting to heal up a little bit. I still hurts to set the hook on a spinning rod really bad, even on bluegill. So I haven't been doing it. Um, so, but if I'm fishing with a bait caster in my left hand, I'm just fine. It doesn't hurt too bad. So. Um, <laughs> Jason Baker, I got to share this. It's so cool to keep watching you on Fridays. Is the Bonafide SS127 kayak the way to go for stability? It is a very stable kayak. But I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell everybody. Go try out a bunch of kayaks because everybody's different. Their likes and their dislikes are different. You may find a kayak that fits you better than the Bonafide. So go test them out. Um, get, find some If you don't have a paddle shot close by, find some kayakers in your area. Try out their kayaks. I do it all the time. I'm always letting people paddle my kayak. But yeah, dude, that's what I would do before I even made that decision. But yes, it's a very stable kayak. My 
my fat butt can get up in it, stand up in it, and have no problem. So, Brandon John, what's up? Matthew LaRue from Arizona. How you doing, man? Man, we got a bunch of people on there. You guys are awesome. Totally awesome. Um, but uh, let's just do some quick question and answers. I really want to get some guests and stuff on there, but I just, I didn't take the time to do it this week. I was going to call a couple of my buddies. I'm going to keep them all secret. Uh, guys that are very, very well known. And, and uh, I just haven't had a chance to set things up with them. I uh, got, and I got, you know, doing my honeydew list. That's a mile, mile long, but it is what it is. Um, I just launched a video for you guys that may not have seen it. It's how to fish kayak tournaments video. I knew it wasn't going to get a whole lot of views. I'm not doing it for that, but it's a very detailed video, 26 minutes long. Holy crap. Holy crap. I can't believe I made it 26 minutes long, but it goes from everything. So you can get started fishing kayak tournaments, which is really cool. Goes through joining KBF. It goes through uh, going on to, to, um, to tourney X and all that other stuff. So, but anyway, um, RJ Castings, good question. Boat or kayak? Uh, I so much rather standing, but love the idea of a kayak for every other reason. I stand in my kayak all the time. I know some guys that stand in their kayak all day long. I can't. I like to fish sitting down too. But uh, it's you just have to get one you can stand up in. The, the cool thing about a kayak when you're comparing it to a boat is how much quieter it is. You know, you can say, oh, I can go places that a boat can't and all that other crap. I like it because I can sneak up on a fish. Uh, even if I can't see the fish, I find out, find, I think, uh, I have found out over the years that you catch more fish closer to the, to the kayak than you ever do a boat. And uh, I really love it. I mean, I've had them two feet from the boat, wham, hit it. And, I, and I'll get them in. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, it's Atlanta Clutch says, which of Charlie Elliott Lakes is best? And what is the best approach for those lakes? I've been three times and gotten skunked. I haven't been there in a bunch of years. Um, my favorite lakes early in the spring, it's uh, Lower Raleigh. Um, Bennett has always been one of my favorites because I've, I fished it year right when they first filled it up and and stocked it i fished it and it had timber in it and all kinds of other stuff that's all gone now but uh bennett's always a good one fox is always a good one marjorie has never been good uh it may be good now but uh for me i've never had luck on marjorie but uh those are my favorites uh you, they really love worms on that lake so drag a texas rig worm around until you get bit but there are a lot of them are offshore especially on bennett in that there's timber way offshore. They get in that. Uh, if you're going from the parking lot down the lake, it's halfway down the lake on the right, but almost in the middle of the lake. Man, I can't believe I remember all that. It's been years. I used to write the the George Outdoor News Fishing Report for Charlie Elliott. So I I used to know it like the back of my hand. But uh, Jesus Perez says, I'm going fishing tomorrow and have a jig, but I don't know how to work it. I need the fluke master to help. I've got a, a video called how to fish a football jig that you need to watch, but I'm going to kind of give you the basics real quick. Don't take it off the bottom. Uh, the reason is, is if you can find some hard bottom, I don't know what your lake is and it may have lots of rock. It may have lots of clay points or hard, hard, hard points, but um, you let it sink down to the bottom and you're just dragging it and shake it, but don't hop it. 
just drag it and just keep dragging it and do that and you'll catch a fish it looks like a crawfish when you do it and you don't see a whole lot of crawfish swimming through the water like you do fish you want to keep it on the ground and so um and they'll and they'll hit it but uh as for color black and blue brown or green pumpkin are the only three colors that i throw so uh kathy what's going on girl how are you she says the t-shirts are really comfy she is a she's a super fluke fan i love kathy <laughs> um let's see shout out uh matthew larue says shout out to my dad greg it's his birthday we love your channel thanks man i appreciate it happy birthday greg uh bob i need stickers for my new ride same here my wrist is suffering with a spinning rod yeah dude it's my elbow it's like right here and i can't literally I, if i set the hook too hard on a, on a spinning rod i'll drop the rod in the water because i have no power in my right hand i hate tendonitis hate it takes forever to heal but i'm not going to stop making videos i just kind of had to slow down a little bit so uh, but yeah, stickers are, they're on the website. I think they're five bucks a piece. I think like they're really good ones. They're the UV, the ones that are UV, uh, safe. They don't fade out. So they're really good stickers. Um, what's my PB large mouth is 10 pounds, 12 ounces. And then my second biggest one is about 10, four. I don't trust the scales I was using. They're not, they're not way off, but they're, they were off a little bit, but somewhere between 10 and 10, four. So, uh, have ever fished in Kansas? I have not. Uh, ledge tips, three baits to start with a jig, a Carolina rig and a crankbait, a deep diving crankbait are the three that I throw almost all the time on ledges. So, uh, what's the best rod for top water and jerk baits? Best rod for top water and jerk baits is a medium moderate action rod um is what i use for both the, a, a top water depending on the top water uh, i either use a medium moderate or i'll use a medium fast but either one you're going to get but the jerk bait's got to be a moderate action rod you'll lose a lot of fish if you don't have one so uh what do i think about the old town autopilot 120 only time i've ever seen one was at icast last year and i did not have a chance to play around with them because i was working in another booth so Andy Leonard, what brand spinnerbaits do I like? I've got two brands that I fish. One is um, the Mini Me from, um, I think it's from SOB Tackle called the Mini Me. Um, the other one are spinnerbaits that are made from by Greenfish Tackle because I know the guys. I know they're all handmade by guys who are great tournament anglers. Uh, they don't send theirs off to Korea. They make them right there in shop. Uh and then I have another one that is the, the, what is it? The mega strike strike back spinner bait, which is a really good one. Lasts forever. It's just got, the blades are really too big for a lot of stuff that I do. So that's the, but those are the three I keep in my bag. So, uh, Doss Powell says just got a vibe sheer water and it's extremely stable. So you got to really, like I say, you got to go try a bunch of them because, you know, my first my first one, I just went and bought. I bought it from Academy Sports or or Dick Sporting Goods way back before. I didn't like Dick Sporting Goods, and uh, and it was like six hundred dollars. I paddled it twice, so I fished it for two days, and I sold it to my brother in law because it, it destroyed my back. So, uh, <laughs> Patriot J fishing thirteen fishing is killing me with all these teasers, dude. Yeah, I've totally ignored the teasers. I've been too busy working and trying to get videos going. But uh, 
the 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 reels that are coming out are really nice. I've got to get a hold of them this this next week and see if they're going to send me some early. Uh, I know they don't want anybody to see them, so they they know better than to send them to me too early. Because I'll have them on a video on accident, and you guys are all it'll all show you know see them. But the the baits that are coming out are awesome. I've had a ton to do with a lot of the new baits coming out. Um, I've got a I've got boxes and boxes of prototypes sitting right here on the floor that I'm not showing you. But uh, and so you know, 3D printed prototypes, the whole nine yards. I've got them sitting right there. So I can't wait till those come out. So hey, Gene, do you fly fish? If so, what's your favorite fly? I don't fly fish anymore. I grew up fly fishing. I started flying tie or flying ties. I started tying flies when I was about five years old. And the first one I ever learned was the renegade. Uh, my favorite fly, it, oh man, it's hard to say. Um, I love a royal wolf, but I still catch a ton of fish on a renegade. I mean, it's a it's a um it's it's a dry fly. So you're it's just like top water, man. It's a lot of fun. Man, I've done that in a long time though. Uh, oh, Kathy got the box. She says, I'm digging the magnetic latch on the water bottle. She got one of my water bottles um, that has a magnetic top to it, which is really cool. Uh, you, it just pops back on and it sticks there. It's I thought that was pretty neat too. So I got, I think there's two different lids that come with my water bottle or you can order with my water bottles. So two different types. Hey, Gene went fishing last weekend and the fish weren't really biting top water, but only going for Cinco's and Texas rigs. I wanted to target the big ones. So is a jig the way to go? I yeah, A jig or just a bigger worm. Uh, but if they were doing Texas rigs, you can go with a bigger worm, go with a jig, go with a lizard. A lot of times a lizard will, will get, if you're fishing, if they're hitting Texas rigs, a lot of the time a lizard would get the bigger bites. So um it just jumped way ahead on comments so i just accidentally skipped a whole bunch of them if i sit here and talk a lot without um uh, without uh going through the comments it will jump all the way ahead to the to the latest comment and i can't go back and find the ones i was using uh so i try <clears throat> does the color of your kayak matter i don't think so uh i'm about to get one of the new bona fide red ones i can't remember what color what they call that color so i'll let you know i don't think it makes a difference um because there's so many crazy colors out there and so many guys fish some you know are great fishermen out of those crazy colors um let's see um bill s says massive rains this week near charlotte how quickly do the bass move up super shallow when the water comes up super quickly typically they pretty quick within a few hours uh, they'll move up as soon as they'll, the current will push them around a little bit they'll, or we'll move them around, won't push them, but the current will move them around and they'll work their way and then they'll get up shallow. So a few hours, uh, they may be in a funk after a good rain though. The water temp is just getting into the sixties. What would be your top three baits? Chatterbait, square bill, And a chatterbait and a square bill. <laughs> I, I think that's it. Uh, lipless crankbait. It would be a third one. So any top water fishing yet? I think I've caught one, maybe two on top water. I really didn't get a good top water bite during the shad spawn. Of course, the lakes I'm fishing here locally, they didn't get a great shad spawn. There was a, it was so so. Uh, but it's coming. Frog season is is for me is about to get into some. It's about to get crazy. So I can't wait till I catch a whole bunch of fish on a frog uh greg nolan says he tore up the crappy on monday 
Um, let's see. Ridge Pierce says, Hey, Gene, love your channel. Thank you for everything you do. Was wondering if you have any tips for night fishing. I used to night tournament all the time, fish night tournaments all the time, about three a week uh, back when I was crazy. And uh, I had, I always fished a Texas rig and a jig, but I always made sure they had rattles on them and that kind of stuff. I don't know if that made a difference. I really don't. I fish the same things during the night that I do during the day. Those fish are amazing at being able to pick up uh, vibration. And so a jig, a Texas rig, I, I would throw a spinner bait. I throw a buzz bait and a crankbait around docks that have lights on them. Um, but really a jig and a Texas rig, I caught a ton of fish on. So don't be afraid of doing that. Another fun thing is like a, a some type of a top water that makes a bunch of ruckus. That's a good one. But uh, but yeah, during those tournaments, I was always in a drop shot. But I I mean, they can see them, believe it or not. So uh, is there any issue with double anchoring using two anchor wizards front and back of the SS-127? I, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't put them front and back. I mean, when you anchor down, you always want to anchor at angles when you double anchor. You want to anchor one, anchor one here and one about 45 degrees somewhere on the other side. You don't want to anchor 180 degrees because then it just causes all kinds of issues if the wind's blowing and stuff like that. But I understand your question. Yeah, it's fine, dude. Uh, what I would do is I would run one on a, on a, um, an anchor trolley and the other one up the, off the front is what I would do. That way you can adjust that one. That a lot of times you have to do that. Um, <laughs> John Lusk, get this guys. He says, do I need to send you a Clemson hat? Josh, I had caught so many bluegill today. I had so much slime all over my hands. I would love to have a new slime towel. You can send me one in orange, and I would love to get that slime on it, man. Be great. I can use a Clemson hat for a slime towel. So <laughs> go dogs. Uh, great week up here. Had the, the doors and the top off the Jeep this week and hit amazing creeks with steelhead and salmon and have to thank you. That's awesome, man. Thank you for the inspiration to get out and fish. Awesome, Aries. That's, yeah, dude. And I'm jealous. I love to catch steelhead and salmon. I haven't done that since I was 19 years old. Oh, man. What's up, Fluke? I learned a lot from you. Thank you. What 13 rod and reel do you recommend for Texas rigging, fishing, a jig, <coughs> and crankbaits? Texas rigging jig, you can get by with a 7.3 medium heavy. If you just want to fish like big jigs, like heavy cover jigs, you need to go to a 7.3 heavy. Um, and then for crankbaits, square bills, smaller crankbaits, medium moderate, Deep diving crankbaits and larger crankbaits is a medium heavy moderate. So that's kind of the rule of thumb. That's ideally. Can you get by with fishing that with one rod? Yes. You can fish those all in a seven foot three medium heavy. You'll just have a hard little bit of a, a different issues with setting a hook on a crankbait with one or a, a fish fighting because of a lot of different issues with the, the how fast the rod comes back to straight. I can make a whole video about that, but that's basically it. So, whew. Um, trolling motor or pedal drive system for a kayak. Trolling motor. That's the wave of the future. Pedals are great, and but I think that everybody with all these these uh, motor companies uh, looking at making uh, these trolling motors com companies looking at making uh, trolling motors for kayaks. Uh, it's it's gonna be next, dude. It really is. Um, I love it. I got a torpedo on the back. I got the new 1104 and it pushes my kayak at about 6.1 miles an hour, fully loaded. 
If I unload it, it's about 6.7 miles an hour. And then, uh, yeah, and I'm thinking about putting a, a, a spot lock trolling motor on the front. Might as well rig it out crazy, huh? Let's see. John uh, Velasco says, do you have any jig illustrations? I don't. Or rig illustrations. I don't have any, no. So, um, let me see. I live in Florida and was wondering at what point do you go from a medium heavy to a heavy power? I see lots of people just using heavies, even in open water with quarter ounce T-rigs. Woo, I wouldn't do that. Thanks for the help. Um, the only time I really worry about that, you can do either or, but really the only time I worry about that is when I'm fishing heavy cover. And the reason is, is that I want to be able to set the hook and turn that fish's head, no matter how big he is, I want to I want to show him who's boss, and I want to turn his head towards me and get him out of that heavy cover before he starts to wrap me up in the grass or sticks or whatever it is. Um, and I will use a heavy action or heavy power rod. Medium heavy power, I will use any other time. I enjoy flipping, pitching, casting a ton of stuff with medium heavies a lot more than I like a heavy. So. And I would never throw a quarter ounce Texas rig on a heavy action rod or heavy power rod. Always medium heavy or lighter. Even a even a, me, um, a medium fast action, I would throw a quarter ounce. So shout out from Texas. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I want to get to Texas here in the next few months and fish. We'll have to see. Um, Gene, which of the new 13 fishing reels are you most excited about? the the new a and the new c that are coming out are the ones that excite me the most i actually played around with them uh we were filming uh for the frog video on guntersville and uh no it wasn't no it wasn't we were down in, in florida this spring on uh on kenansville and i had to have these covers over top of those reels during the videos and during the pictures so but they're pretty good man they're sweet uh Gary says it may have more to do with your shoulder. Have a problem with your elbow. Now this is tendonitis. I've already had it diagnosed hundred uh, percent tendonitis. So, and I had it in my left arm, so I know exactly what it is, but I went to, went to my local or orthopedist and we talked about it. So best thing to throw on a medium light rod. Mine is carbon light, medium light. I throw drop shots, shaky heads, uh, Ned rigs, Nico rigs, and mojo rigs, all finesse stuff, light, light line techniques. So, all right. Um, Todd Sanford, have you ever fished Hollis Latham? Is it that Latham Reservoir that's here in Georgia? I have not. Uh, I had the opportunity to fish a tournament there years and years ago, but didn't make it. So, um, Let's see. Do you have to be standing to flip or pitch in a kayak? Uh, it helps, but I've learned how to how to pitch in, uh, sitting down. Of course, on a bona fide, my seat's 10 inches above the deck, which is a lot higher than most other kayaks. It's a little bit easier, but it's more of a sidearm pitch than an underhand pitch. So... Uh, Joey Shannon from Facebook says, when fishing Lake Lanier, what's the best way to fish a Vixen or Super Spook from the top water, uh, for the topwater bite? Do you have any videos that show that technique? Yes, I do. How to fish a Spook 
uh, is the video. I filmed it on Clark's Hill, which is a blueback herring lake, a lot like Lanier. Um, and I, that's how I fish it all the time. And the cool thing about Lanier, the water gets so clear in the summertime that the fish will come out of 20, 25 feet of water to hit top water. And it is a vicious strike. I love it. But, uh, but yeah, go watch that video, dude. It's, it's, it's spot on. So. <laughs> Michael Dawson says, I'm begging again, bring your stuff to Wilson Lake. Show me how to unlock it. Um, I may have to do that. I need to hit Timmy Horton up. I know he's got a lake house on, on Wilson and he offered to let me stay there, but, uh, it's not gonna be anytime soon. I've got a lot of other plans coming up. But it won't. I'm going to go. I love it. I love it. So that is my favorite Tennessee River Lake. What's a good price for your first kayak? Whatever you can afford. Literally, if you can only afford a $400 kayak, jump in it. If you can only afford a used $200 kayak, get it. Paddle it around. Make sure it doesn't have any holes in it. But get it and, and just get out and go fishing if you're buying your first kayak. Um, but quickly you're going to want a better kayak. So save your money, but get out there, get some experience on it. Buy a good paddle. I think a paddle has more to do with whether you are feel good by the end of the day than not. So I would buy a 75 to hundred dollar paddle really. And it'll last you longer. You get rid of the kayak and keep the paddle and you'll keep the paddle throughout a bunch of boats. So, um, Let's see. Trapping 68. Uh, Gene, I have a six foot medium fast. That's a short rod. Medium fast bait casting rod. Shimano got it from a friend. What would you fish on it? I'd fish a spinner bait. I'd fish a, because even though it says medium fast, because it's six feet long, it's probably a little stiffer than say a seven foot medium fast. So this is why I'm saying this. But anyway, a spinner bait, a buzz bait, um, a, a Texas rig would be good, but I'd keep it quarter ounce you know, light Texas rigs. It would be a really good dock skipping rod for that kind of stuff. Shaky head. Um, and that's a, that's what pops into my head. I could probably make a, ton, a huge list of it, but those are the ones that pop into my head. So, uh, Slang Kentucky Bass says, Hey, Fluke, having trouble figuring out and finding fish in my city lake. Have any tips? By the way, I'm uh, bank fishing. I've tried everything and have no luck every time I go walk around the lake. And look for life. You're looking for the area of the lake that has the most life in it, be it birds on the bank, uh, bait fish in the water, little minnows even swimming along the bank. But if you walk around that whole city lake and right now, so you remember where you saw the most concentration of fish, then that's where you need to start fishing. Because if the bait's there, if the life, the, the birds are there because the bait is there. And if the life is there, the bass are going to be there eating the bait fish, eating the crawfish and whatever's around there. But that's what I do when I'm bank fishing, especially on a lake I've never been to before. I will run around that lake and look. So definitely. Um, I had about. 15 wings before I came down here, guys. That's why I'm having a hard time talking because I, I filled myself full of wings real quick. Came down there. I had, my wife had some wings. They were partially frozen, so I had to frost them. It took forever for me to cook them, and so I was a little late. So anyway, Daniel Reddy says, one of my favorite rods is my 13 fishing chrome, seven foot three medium heavy. 
Now I'm looking at getting one uh, one of the crankbait rods. Do you, do you recommend them? And if so, which would you throw a 6XD or a DD22 on? Okay, so when I first signed with 13, four years ago, I think, they did not have a good crankbait rod. And I was probably the loudest mouth talking about that. I let them know it, that their cranking rods were not good. And so uh, Ricky, their rod designer, who is an amazing dude, I love him to death. He worked hard at building crankbait rods and they've got some Defy rods that are pretty good. The Fate uh, Chromes are some of my favorites. Uh, the, I don't know if they've got them in Fate Blacks. I don't remember where they've got crankings, but the new Omens are amazing. They're good cranking rods. And what I would get for 6XD and a, and a DD22 is their seven foot 11 cranking rod. That is a medium heavy moderate, but it's a very, it's got a heavy backbone and it was made for six XDs and DD 22s, not for eight XDs, not for 10 XDs, which are the giant crankbaits. Those I would fish on a medium heavy fast action rod, literally my jig rod, but definitely the seven eleven for those deep diving crankbaits. So, uh, are you and Jordan fishing the one night stand this weekend? No. Um, I got family in town. My oldest brother who I haven't seen in a couple of years, him and his uh, wife and one of their kids is coming in. And so we've got family stuff. So I wasn't able to sign up for it, but we are fishing the June challenge. So, which is a matter of fact, I've got to get him signed up. Uh, kayaks for older fisher people would wear, wear stand. Hold on. I just, it's everything just skipped ahead again. Uh, where standing and sitting is difficult. This is where I would recommend a bona fide, really, to be honest with you. If you don't mind paddling or if you've got the money to put a, a motor on it, that's fine too. But the bona fide has a 10 inch above the deck seat in the high position. And I never fish it in the low position. I don't do anything in the low position. So I keep it up in that 10 inch, 10 inch high position. And it's like sitting in a lawn chair. I've got a, I've got an army back. The army destroyed my back with way too many sit-ups and, uh, and too much, too many injuries. And so I get in a lot of pain if I'm not sitting up and, and that seat is super comfortable. But the best thing about it is you're well above the deck and your knees are bent and you're able to stretch and flex and move around and stand up and stretch if you need to, and then sit back down and it's super stable. It's not, a, it's not, there's not a lot of wobble. So that's where I would recommend the Bonafide. I don't think there's another one like it that has a seat that high. So Mark Stanley, shout out from Cartersville. That's where my wife is from. She lives over, she grew up over around Cass White Road, went to Cass High. Um, let's see, Bill S, Bill's S, thought on uh, thoughts on Everrude. Sad situation, I personally think. You know what? It surprised the crap out of me. They didn't. I think they laid off the late my my two or three points of contact uh, in BRP is what they did is the reason I have not gotten an email from them. I wasn't contacted or anything else, which is, you know, it is what it is. I don't mind it. But uh, I, I learned it from a comment on one of my videos and I was like, wait a minute, let me go look this up. So they um, Evan Root's been struggling and uh, they the the COVID-19 not being able to produce motors and stuff like that pretty much ended Evanrood. So they shut down Evanrood. Um, I was with Evanrood because BRP 
who owned Evinrude bought a Lumacraft and I was with a Lumacraft originally. I am still with a Lumacraft. I will be a, with a Lumacraft when if they fire me, I'll be back the next day with a Lumacraft. I love that boat. So whether I have a Mercury on it or a Yamaha or a, or a whatever on the back of that boat, I'm going to be with an Lumacraft. So that's my thoughts personally. I think it's horrible that we, they, they had to lay off somewhere around 650 people. A um, couple of people I know pretty close. They're shutting down the plant that they build my boat at and they're moving that whole operation up to Minnesota, which I kind of like, cause then I can, on my trip to Minnesota every September, I can go down and, you know, that's when I'll swap out my boats. It'll be real easy and good for me, but that's me being selfish. It just, you know, it's never good to do that kind of stuff. And that many people lose their jobs. So, uh, I just bought three fake blacks and the past few weeks, loving them. Thanks for the advice. Thanks, man. Yeah. They're really good rods They're and they're great price. Can't beat the hundred bucks for them. So, um, are 13 products good? I've always heard negative stuff about them. And one of my friends had his, his real mess up the first day he bought his C, the real side cover flew off. His C had a, I don't know. If, see, that's weird because a C has a beetle wing side plate. I'll, I'll get to the other part, but it has a beetle wing side plate. So it, it doesn't fall off. It pops out and it sits there. Um, unless he had one of the very, very first C's that were ever made, which didn't all of theirs have the, uh, or the most of theirs have the beetle wing side plate now to keep that from happening. Um, but I, I haven't had a lot of issues with the reels and I have had probably over 200 of them, 200 of them in my hand. And I've used a, at least half that for six, eight, 10 months, as, as much as some of them for two years and never had an issue with them. Um, but I keep mine clean. I, and you know, the ones that I use a lot, I keep clean. I oil and grease them. I take care of them. I don't care about the paint job. I may knock and chip the paint job up. Um, I beat them up pretty good, but I usually make them to where at least I can make good cast, but they're good reels, dude. And they're good rods. What I've always said is that they feel like they're more expensive than what they are. And so that's, that's my thought on 13. It's just, and every once in a while you do get a funky reel. Every once in a while you get a funky rod. I think it's like 8% or 6% of, of all rods made will break within the first couple of weeks. And that's a manufacturing issue. But every time I broken rod, it was my fault. I could trace it back to something stupid I did. And so, and I've broken a lot of rods, but uh, micro or regular guides. I like the medium micros. I don't like micro guides. I don't. Um, regulars are a little too big. They're a little too heavy, but I don't like micro guides at all. So do I throw fish, big swim baits? If so, what are your favorites? I throw one big swim bait and that's a bull shad. I am very, very loyal to Mike Buca. And it's, I do, I have thrown a lot of other people's big baits, but the ones that I have are bullshads. Mike Buca has been my friend since 2001 and he didn't start making uh, swim baits until like 2008, 2009. So I am a loyal friend and I'm a loyal friend to him. Matter of fact, I'm working on a video for bullshad, but it's going to be about how to start fishing hard swim baits, but I'm using his baits because that's what I've got. So definitely. Uh, that is the one I, and I love to throw his 10 and 11 inch. You don't want to see the rod. I throw it on though. That thing weighs like a hundred pounds. Um, Minnesota fishermen comment, please on kayaks for older people. We're sitting. Oh, okay. I already read that one. 
Sorry, I'm way behind, aren't I? Ed Wolf, man, thanks for the two bucks. Gosh, you guys that donate are awesome. He's late to the stream. Stream, uh, young and is sick. Hit the hit the thumbs up. Yeah, dude, it stinks having a having a sick kid. It really is. But thanks for the two dollars, man. I appreciate the dono. Uh, what time of the year would you consider top water? Thanks. Very good question, Devin. Whenever the fish are shallow and active, and how do I tell when they're shallow and active? I see a little bit of bait fish ticking on the water here and there and everywhere, and I, I just see more than normal action shallow. Fish swimming shallow, even if they're carp, but fish up in the shallows, messing around, bait, bait fish up in the shallows, um, and that's when I'm going to grab a topwater and try it. Early, early in the morning before the sun hits the water, and then late in the evening after the sun goes down, and it's usually... For me, over the years, I've noticed that like when the sun is, um, it's about an hour before the sun goes down. The bite kind of slows down a little bit, but then once the sun gets down over the over the horizon, it picks back up pretty good. And then about an hour and a half after dark, it picks up even more. And so topwater is really good during that time, right after the sun goes down till dark, and you can even go into you know, late in the into the night fishing it. So. But uh, water temperature, I've caught them as cold as 52 degrees on top water, but they were shallow and they were active. Um, let's see. How to fish a bullshit. No, it's not going to be how to fish a bullshit. It's going to be how to fish a hard swim bait or how to begin. I kind of like the beginner's guide of hard swim baits is what it's going to be. But I'm going to use bullsheds. So, and I've got a few others. I've got like the S waiver and that kind of stuff, but I don't consider those. They're, they, you fish them totally different than you do like a bullshit or something like that. Um, Tim says, any tips on fishing rivers and oxbows? Hold on a second. I'm going to move something real quick. Okay. Any tips on fishing rivers and oxbows or side lakes? It seems the conditions change sometimes several times a day from muddy to clear and water levels up and down. Woo. Um man, I have never had that situation where it was like, does that kind of stuff. It gets crazy like that. The bass would have to be used to it. Um, I'll tell you what happens when you have changes like that, no matter what they are, bass will get tight to cover is what they'll do. So see stumps, brush piles, rock piles, anything they can hide in or stay close to, that's what I would concentrate on. And you'll catch a lot more fish around that type of stuff. They just feel more comfortable in that kind of stuff, especially if the water color is changing so much. So, man, that's crazy. I haven't had that situation. Um, let's see. Nate says, with BRP shutting down Evinrude, are you going to be getting a Mercury on the current boat or next? And thoughts on the current Evinrude? I love that Evan route, guys. The fact that they shut down has nothing to do with how good that motor is or how bad that motor is or anything else. I don't know why. I, I, I know it's been hard for me to, to talk to people about Evan routes here in the South because the generation one e-tech was not a good motor. This is the generation two. It's a totally different motor. It has been awesome. Um, whoever buys my boat after I get my new one, is going to love that motor. It's still going to have a warranty from what I've read. Now, I don't know what all's changed, but anyway. And uh, BRP signed a contract with Mercury. 
So I probably will have a Mercury on my boat. But like I said earlier, it doesn't matter. As long as I'm in a, a Luma craft, I can have a paddle board on the back or something. I can have two monkeys swimming in the back, pushing my boat. I don't mind. I want that, that Alumacraft. I love my boat. So, but uh, Mercury, I've had a Mercury before, never, you know, and, and loved it. So I'm going to be up fishing. Uh, I'm guessing he meant Lake Hartwell. Go there in Northeast Georgia and a cup in a couple of weeks. Do you have any tips? I have fished Lake Hartwell twice. Uh, this time of the year, they're spotted bass. They're going to be offshore. They're going to be on points. They're going to be on humps. Uh, they're going to be out chasing bait fish. And so that's what I would concentrate on is some some offshore stuff. There might be some shallow early, uh, but they'll be close to points and 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 humps, even if they're up shallow. Uh, da, 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 da. Sweet Lou. I love that name. That's awesome, man. Hey, Gene, got a big tournament tomorrow, two feet visibility. Uh, 86 degree water temperature, high pressured, 450 acre lake. Any tips? Maximum depth, depth to try and fish. Thanks, man. 86 degree water temp. My guess is that it's that's last. Well, kind of, I think I saw 86 something sometime today. But what I would do seriously is look about, look out about 10, 12, 15 feet, and go out to drops like creek channel drops and point drops. They'll pull out there and the bait, find the bait. If you got a fish finder, look for the bait. And when you find that bait, if it's in the creek channel, the bass are going to be on the edge of the creek channel. If the bait is just out suspended in the middle of the lake, they're going to be out on humps and on the end of points. So that's kind of what I would look for. I love that. The, the clarity of two foot, the two foot visibility is I love two foot visibility. I'll throw anything during that. Hey, hey, Fluke, ever fished with the man Springer Worm? No, I have not. Uh, they have a spring in the middle for wacky rigging. If so, any luck with them? Never even heard of it, man. So, um, Jeff Bailey, new to fishing. Feel like I'm never going to get a bite on fake worms on the bottom. Grr. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a couple of videos, and I'm going to tell you a couple of tricks, too. Um, how to fix a Texas rig is one. And then the other one is, uh, what was that? What was the other one? I was kind of, Oh, how to fish a Carolina rig. Learn those two bait, those two rigs and you'll catch one on a worm. Now from the time the bass finished spawning until about mid summer for us, mid summers, late August, I'm dragging a worm. I've got a three, eight ounce, tungsten bullet weight on the front of that worm um i've got a uh, an offset worm hook and then i'm using a 10 inch or 11 inch ribbon tail worm and i'm throwing it out to this to points and drops and things like that hard bottom and i'm dragging it slow the other day it took me five minutes per cast uh when i was finishing up my last day of of the of the kbf what challenge tournament and so, and I was dragging super slow and getting bites. Not very many, but a few. The biggest thing is, is keep that worm on the bottom and drag it through the thick cover and you'll, you'll get bit, man. That's, you just got to slow down. Uh, fishing the Spro Frog Kayak Tournament on Gunnersville in September. Any, uh, any advice? Don't follow me because I will probably fish it too. Um, let's see. 
I don't know. I don't know. And that lake changes every year, so it's hard to say. I'm gonna fish hard uh, the week prior to try to try to find some, but that that lake fish uh, it changes every single year, so it's hard to tell. Have you ever fished the big muskie up here in Canada? I have not. Aries, I've never caught a muskie, and we've got them right up in Tennessee, and I haven't caught one. So one day. Um, Brandon Herbert, getting back into fishing, any channel you recommend watching for bank fishing? Love the content and going to get my first fishing kayak soon. Learning a lot. Yes. Kicking their bass TV for bank fishing. He knows what he's doing and he's doing a good job. And yes, he does a lot of vlogging and that kind of stuff, but you will learn a lot from his bank fishing stuff. So I wish I could do a lot of bank fishing instructional videos. I totally wish I could just not a lot of opportunity to do that around here in Georgia. Most private lakes or most lakes are private. And so you, and trying to get permission is like, it's tough, really tough. Um, let's see. Uh, have you tried the Yamamoto Zankos as a trailer for your chatterbaits? I have not. I know a lot of guys who really believe in them, but I've never tried them. So that new uh, 13 fishing, the jerk, man, that thing's a great trailer for a chatterbait. And that was surprised the heck out of me. Um, let's see. MCAP. I have the A. Oh, the concept A. Got it for a hundred bucks on sale. I like it. My favorite. I prefer 13 over the lose. My friend has lose, but I prefer 13. I don't think either is better. It's preference, just like Rods and Reel. It is. It is. For me, it's size, size of the handle. I got big old fingers and big old palms, and it just, you know, it 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 is. It's personal preference. But I love the A. That's actually my favorite reel. You guys are going to love the new A's. Anyway. Um, oh, Jacob, I almost banned you. Sorry, man. I hit the wrong button. Uh, <laughs> Gene, how old were you when you knew you wanted to make a living off of fishing? When I knew I wanted to? I don't think I ever wanted to. Um, I wanted to have a place in the industry. And this falls back to Mike Buca and him being a really good close friend of mine. Um, I would guess I was probably 35. So it's probably about 10. No, it was a longer than that. Probably about 15 years ago. But I wanted to be, I wanted to have a place in the industry. I didn't know I wanted to be full time. I didn't want to have a, you know, I just wanted to, to do something with fishing. And so Mike Buca one day told me, he said, dude, and this was before, long before he started making bullshit swim baits. He's like, man, you have got to find your niche. You got to find something that you can do that's different than what everybody else can do. Um, and he explained it like this. He said, imagine you're standing in a crowd of guys who want to be professional tournament anglers. He said, there's thousands of them out there. And they're all saying, hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. What He said, what can you do? to build a big, huge sign that you can hold up above everybody else and make you look different than everybody else. And my goal was to do something different. And that's what I did. And, and it just kind of went, that started the wheels turning in my head. And it wasn't, it was a couple, two or three years later where the whole YouTube thing came together. So I guess it may have been before YouTube, but when the whole YouTube thing came together and it just kind of one thing on top of the other until I, realized that this is what I wanted to do. So pretty cool. Good question. Um, 
Mitch Coleman, hey Gene, what type of trolling motor battery do you use? Dual purpose or AGM wanted a good battery to troll the backwaters of the Willamette River. I would go with an AGM, really, if you want a good battery. I don't use AGMs for one reason. One, they're expensive. And two, I'm, I only have my boats for one year. And so um, an AGM would pretty much, it personally, as a business uh, decision, it, it, it just would cost me too much money for what I would get out of it. So I just buy a standard deep cycle battery. But if I had a boat that I was going to be using all the time for years and years, it would be an AGM battery. So even, but the new lithium batteries, I have not tried any, but that's probably going to be one of the things I get next. So, uh, what battery do you use on your kayak for the trolling motor? My Torquedo comes with its battery. Reason being is there's a computer in that box with the battery and that computer is a GPS and it helps to um, tell me in the display on the throttle, it tells me how much further I can go on how much battery is left in that battery at a certain speed that I'm going. So I never get left out on the water paddling. I always know if I've got enough to get back to the boat ramp. So. How often do you drag a Texas rig rage crawl or any crawl instead of a worm? I tend to do that a lot when I'm fishing rocky lakes and um, I'll do it a lot in the early spring too. I, I fish a lot more creature baits and crawl baits in the early spring than I do during the period of time I'm dragging big worms. So good lures for rocky bank fishing. Um, Right now, shaky head, really a green pumpkin um, trick worm on a shaky head is where what I'm catching most of my shallow fish on Rocky. And I fish Rocky three or four days a week. So, um, Have you ever had noise on your graph when your trolling motor runs? How do you fix it? Yes, I have. And you fix it by separating, trying to figure out how you can insulate your... Uh, the wire that runs from your unit to your transducer, you have to insulate it or wrap, get something around it to prevent it from getting close to the power battery on, or the power uh, cable on your trolling motor. And you'll see that go away. It's just interference between the two. It's a magnetic field between the two is what it is. So, and usually what you do is you wrap it with some more insulation and then you can go ahead and zip tie it to the, to the, uh, to the power, to the power cable. So why is a Lumacraft better than Tracker? It is more stable. It is a softer ride in, in heavier waves because they have one full solid piece of aluminum that they make the hull out of. There's no welds down the center to flex. And it's that flex that causes the vibration that you feel up your backbone is what, is what it is. It's still an aluminum boat. You still can't ride three foot waves at it going 60 miles an hour, but it's a lot more stable when you get that two and three foot chop with some with uh, white caps and stuff like that. You can ride on top of them with no problem with 115 horse on the back. Um, it's got better storage. And I, and to kind of give you a for instance, the guys that own trackers that have been in my boat, they notice almost instantly that they don't have to fish in the center of the boat. So if you're on a tracker and you move to one side, to fish and then the guy in the back moves to one side to that same side to fish that boat goes whoop and you almost fall out so you find yourself always fishing straight down the center of the boat 
Well, with an Alumacraft, you don't get as much tilt. And so you're me and whatever big guy that wants to fish in the back of the boat can get on the same side of the boat and it doesn't tilt as much. So that's the huge differences. No, another thing is weld. Uh, the welds are a lot better on the Alumacraft. They have a guy that's an absolute artist that does all the finished welds on the, on, on the boats. Um, that's one of the biggest things I'm concerned about with the change with them moving all of that up to Minnesota is, is that guy going to be moved up there too? Because he is a, he's amazing with the welds. Um, I can go on forever. I, it's just, I love that boat. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Backlash Bassin. Cool name, brother. He says, Hey Gene, learned everything I know from you. I'm stationed in Arizona. What's up, man? Uh, <laughs> and it's hitting the hundreds by 12 o'clock. The skies are around 15. Uh, the lakes are around 15 feet and grassy. Any ideas? Go night fishing to get away from those that heat. Um, but the biggest thing is, is they'll be on the outside edge. The deep edge of that grass is where they'll be a lot of times, especially when it gets hot, they'll move out deep. But man, uh, if you're in Arizona, you're probably in the army. I did all I could I could do to avoid being stationed in Arizona when I was in the army. I ended up in Hawaii. I volunteered for Korea and they sent me to Hawaii because they thought I was crazy, I guess. Let's see. Um, that's a good question. Slank Kentucky Bass says, best lure technique for pressured lakes uh, that, that fish a lot, that people fish a lot. My lakes here that I fish are very pressured. And so I deal with this every day. And that's where I do a lot of my filming too. Slow and or smaller. So a smaller worm technique or some type of smaller bait. But I find that fishing super slow gets me more bites than just getting smaller stuff. So I, I'll use a big worm, but I'm going to be crawling it. So that's the biggest thing. And then offshore, a cast or two away from the shore. Or if you're bank fishing, be willing to go find the deep, the steepest bank and fish off the steepest bank if it's safe. I'm not going to tell you to go, go cliff diving to go fishing, but you're looking for the steeper bank because it has deeper water close by. And that's the safety escape for bass or for, for any fish, really. So... Um, <laughs> Stefan, what I missed, brother, you missed everything. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we're almost done. Matter of fact, I got six more minutes. Goodness gracious, man. Welcome, welcome, my brother. Uh, let's see. MCAP says birthday and things that are that like that. I'm only like a few hundred away. <laughs> Yeah, keep keep saving your money, man. Do you ever do you do you ever use a black and blue worm with a pink ribbon tail? I don't. Nope. I use a black and blue, and I will dye the tail. I'll dip the tail in some Chartreuse JJ's Magic, and it makes a really cool color uh, when it gets in the water. And I'll do that every once in a while. But black and blue, I usually just leave black and blue. So, thoughts on your thought your thoughts about the 2021 Bassmasters Classic in Texas? Texas, should we assume the kayak championship will be there also? That the kayak championship will be there also. I will probably will not be on the same lake. It'll probably be on a different lake like they did this last year. But this is the first time think I'm hearing about it. I haven't read anything about that, so I'll have to look. But um, but yeah, dude, I love Texas, especially that time of the year. That'll be pretty cool. So um 
Tyler Sexton, what are you thinking, man? Holy crap, $100 donation. What? <laughs> Dude, you didn't have to do that. Oh, he says, I just want to say thank you. The info I have I have learned from you has made, <clears throat> made me a better fisherman tenfold. Plus, I get to teach all of this to my son, and that, ma that means the world to me. Uh, you will definitely go down in the books as one of the greatest of all time. Thank you, Gene. Dude, you're so awesome. That's great. Um, you know, I was in an interview, and this is the honest truth, and I'm going to name drop on this one, but I was on an interview with Mike Iaconelli um yeah, a few years ago and it was with his uh that uh that talk show that he does and i can't remember what they call it right now i'm too i'm too too bad just dumbfounded that you donate a hundred dollars but anyway and we got to talking and i realized it, it's like a light bulb hit me then and i realized that i wasn't just making videos for people who wanted to fish i was making videos to teach dads so they could teach their sons so they could be the hero because my dad is my hero. My dad died three years ago. He is my hero. He taught me how to fish. Although he had never been on a boat with me, he's, you know, to the day he died, he never gotten on a boat with me. He taught me how to trout fish and he taught me the love of the outdoors. And he's my hero. And I realized that I was teaching dads who didn't get the opportunity to learn from their dads. I was teaching them so they could be their, their son or daughters, their, their kids hero, which I love, dude. That's so awesome. Thanks for the hundred bucks, brother. Whoo, got me a little shook up. Um, what do you think about the 13 Fishing Z3 Baitcaster? Um, what, a, what the Z3 is, and it's just like the A3, it's a 300 series reel. So if you look at a Shimano 300 or something like that, they're bigger spooled, they're bigger reels, and they've got beefier drags. That thing has a 42-pound a drag. I know that the, the catalog and all everything you ever read about it says 30 plus. But if you crank that sucker down and test it, it's got a 42 pound drag, um, which is more than enough for even saltwater fishing. But it's made for big, heavy line. So when I'm throwing big swim baits, I'm throwing 25 pound fluorocarbon and it's thick, thick line. And you can't put very much on a regular spool. So you need something that's a bigger spool and that can also handle that big of a bait so that's what that's what the z3 is it's not your standard everyday bait caster it's for big baits with big line so just know that so you don't go buying one thing and it's a normal reel and realize that it's not um boy you can waste a lot of money on like 12 pound test fluorocarbon trying to put it on that reel Woo! that'd take two three spools um best way to teach my son to fish a uh, bait caster he's six Go watch the video of me teaching my nephew how to cast a baitcaster. That's how I would teach every child, no matter how old he was. I would teach him that way, doing that technique right there. Um, it's perfect. Literally perfect. It's, it's as low stress as you can make it. And then make it a game in the backyard. And, and I taught my nephew in a field is what I did. But make it a game. Set up some buckets. Let him throw it at the buckets and let him get good and practice and have games with him. Competition's always great for that kind of stuff. So, Stephen Dillard says, I'm learning at 49 to teach my grandson. That's awesome. Uh, dude, I think that's the third time that Tyler's done it. Daniel, you're right, dude. You've donated 300 bucks in like the last two months or three months. 
what the crud, man? What's your job? Um, <laughs> holy cow, you're right, dude. Uh, dude, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, whoo, let's see. Flo T, what's going on? She says, uh, I'm assuming you're a girl because it's Flo, but uh, got got some tips on trick worms. I have been doing good and was wondering if you have any tips to catch bigger bass. Trick worms are kind of an all-around worm, for me at least. I put them on Texas rigs sometimes, but I usually put them on a shaky head or a, a Carolina rig, and I catch really big fish on a Carolina rig um, and a shaky head, but a big Carolina rig especially. Um, the biggest thing with them is I've found that you don't want to work them too fast, but don't be afraid to just shake your line while they're laying on the bottom. If you shake your line, it causes them to quiver. And a lot of times that'll be what makes a fish bite. But, uh, you gotta be where big fish are in order to catch big fish. But if I'm fishing big fish with a trick worm, it's going to be on a Carolina rig or a shaky head. And they're, they're a blast. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to get one more question, and then I'm going to go up and spend some time with the family. She get, um, let's see. What are your top two best braided line brands? I'm sponsored by 13 and earned by by Seaguar, and I've been fishing Seaguar for since 2006 is how long I've been uh, been fishing Seaguar. So the braid, the brand that I use is Seaguar, and I use their Abrazex. Um, I love their Abrazex and I've settled on it because it's smooth and it's really, really good quality and it lasts a long time. Um, for me, I don't like my, if you're when if you're choosing when you're choosing your braid, no matter what brand you use, I don't like it to make a lot of noise when I'm coming through the guide. I don't mind a little bit because it is braided line. But if it sounds like a chainsaw coming through the end of your rod as you're reeling it in, I don't want it. And Seaguar used to have a line that was like that and I never used it. Um, same sort of thing, but I'm looking for nice, smooth braid, but not too smooth. Cause if you get too smooth, then even on, when you, even when you pop your line or whatever, that line will dig into itself and on your next cast, you'll get a backlash. So too smooth is not good and too rough is not good. And a Brazex is kind of in the middle of the road and I really like it. Not a Brazex. Is it a Brazex? No, Smackdown. Holy crap. Smackdown is what I'm talking about. So Brazex is the fluorocarbon that I use. Um, all right, guys, I'm going to jump off of here. I'm sorry I didn't get to everybody's questions. Uh, Tyler, man, brother, thanks for the thanks for the hundred bucks again. Uh, unbelievable, dude. You're awesome. Uh, and thanks for the comment. That really made my day. But uh, I really appreciate everybody. Thanks for joining in. Um, and have a good week fishing. Go out. Try to fish slow. Challenge yourself this week when you go fishing to slow way down and watch how many fish you catch. But like I always say, be sure to introduce, introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water. Go out and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.